quick. All right. Okay. There we go. And recording in progress. All right. <laughs> so how's things going, man? Things are going great. Good, man. I'm, you know what? I've got to say, I met your brother Jeff a couple years ago. Such an incredible dude. And every time I talk to you, you got it's you guys connect with your fans and love your fans. And that's amazing that you guys, after all this time, still take time out to talk to your fans. I mean, I mean, people is what gives us the opportunity to do these things. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. you know, it, and I'm a fan. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, seriously, it's like I, I meet people all the time and I'm like, wow, this is kind of cool. You yeah. know what I'm saying? It's so, yeah. People are great. I, I love I love people that come to our shows. I mean, they're 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 rock and rollers by their hearts, and it's, it's, it's you know it's what we all love. Exactly. Now, uh, how long have you been with LA Guns? Now, I came in in June of last year to do the uh, Sonic Slam tour. Okay. So I I did that whole the whole summer. The, well, ever since then. So it was I did like fifty shows with them last year. As a matter of fact, the 50th show I played with them was at um, the Whiskey for the uh, for New Year's Eve. Nice. That's yeah. I yeah. I actually told my wife I was like, hey, you know, if we're gonna go anywhere, <laughs> let's go. To that. We let's just, go to that one. Yeah, Dallas is a little bit of ways. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. Not so, just a not just a car drive. Not anymore. <laughs> yeah. Um. So. How how did that come about with Ellie Guns? Now somebody said a while back that you were their tour manager or something. You had to fill in, and then it just kind of imploded from there. No, that's that's totally untrue. Okay. What 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 happened is years ago, several years back. I'm going to say six or seven. I was um, out on the road when I was in the Bullet Boys, and um, we were playing with Gunzo at the time, which was Tracy and Rudy Sarzo's thing. Right. And we shared a bus and <clears throat> me and Tracy became really good friends in the bus. Nice. And over the years, um, you know, we bumped into each other. And also on that tour was a band called Killer Bee mm -hmm. and uh, Anders Laurent Blom formed a band called Social Disorder. And it's, there's, we just finished the second album for that. And that album is basically me, Tracy, Rudy, him, this fabulous singer named Thomas Norton and, um, and, and Anders and, uh, it's all Anders songs and it, it was done during COVID. So it was all remotely like things where files are flying around and stuff. It's kind of crazy. And I had no idea what the album was going to turn out like, and it's really, really good, but that's called social disorder. And, um, so we did that album, uh, and then, since it was COVID things happened in the, in the guns camp, uh, which I'm, uh, you know, is, as does people join other projects, you know, yep. it, in this day and age, it's just kind of like that. You're, you're, there's not very many bands that could keep you busy enough that you could make a living on one project. Yeah. And, and that's what's, that's why you see a lot of, ins and outs and you know a lot of people think it's personalities a lot and sometimes it is 
but mostly it's it's financial reasons to support yourself. Well, you have to make money sense. too. Yeah, I mean, you do. There's no rock star that's ever found the money tree. No, no. I mean, and the few that have are very fortunate, you know? Yeah. So what happened long so back back to the story is that um I had sent Tracy a text saying uh a couple of times saying just like I would do with networking. Send a text saying, Hey, if you need a drummer, hey, if, you know, I'm around, you know, hi, how you doing? And then one day out of the blue, I got a text from him and all it says is, What are you doing this summer? Nice. And and I'm like I'm like, what do you need? You know, I can move some stuff around. So anyway, I turned out that it was for the Sonic Slam tour. And uh, I, like I said, I've been in the band ever since and uh, did the last two videos. I didn't do the album. That was Adam Hamilton recorded the album. Okay. That was recorded before I came in. And Adam and Tracy have, have a working relationship. So um, I think Adam played on like the last three albums. He was the drummer on those, but um, I I was, I was hired to do it. What's that? Kind of like a Lee Karras thing with Ozzy. Yeah. Kind of like that. And, and so that's basically how it came, it came to be. Now um, I was fortunate enough to be at the infamous bathroom show in Dallas. That was rad. That was (laughs) because before the show, you know, we're on the side of the stage. I'm saying everyone, there's Tracy. All right, man, this is going to be a great show, you know? And then all of a sudden I'm hearing Tracy's parts and there's no Tracy. I'm like, well, what the hell happened? And I opened up my phone and go, Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. That was something. And, um, you know, it, it, I, it was amazing that we were able to pull it off. Um, true musicianship. Yeah. You know, and, and I think it was a good thing that at that time we had been on the road for, for a while. Yeah. So we were as a band, we were pretty tight. Um, both uh, uh, personality-wise as well as um, as a band. Mm-hmm. I mean, I already before before I got this, I, I was already friends with Johnny and Ace because I'd known them for years too. Okay, so I wasn't coming in as a complete stranger, which was nice. So anyway, so that show, yeah, it came out really good. I was, I we were all like tapping ourselves in the back, frankly, that that we pulled it off because. It was, that was a, uh, that was a unique situation. That was probably the most unique situation I've been in all the years of shows. I've yeah. Done. Well, it, you know, you have to say that that was definitely, uh, within probably a top two of spinal tap moments. It, it was, it was, you know, and it was, it was kind of fun though at the same time because it's, it's new and different. Right. Right. You know, it, well, we were like, okay, well let's, let's go for it. So right. it worked out. You know, the, the, I don't, you saw the show. Yeah, I did. And it, it was flawless. I, I was, yeah. I was sitting there going, are they using tracks? I mean, right. <laughs> it sounded yeah. that good, but yeah, you know, there's we just, times we when just threw jo- <laughs> we threw Johnny on the other side of the stage <laughs> to fill the stage out. <laughs> right. There, there's, there's times in every show where the drummer's going to look at the guitarist to know what his next cue is, or the drummer or the guitarist is going to look at the drummer for a cue. And you guys were just doing it. There was no, there was no visual cues. No, there, there, there wasn't. And you know, Tracy starts a lot of the songs. Yeah. So there's that too. And, and it was a, we were all flying blind, so to say. Yeah. And, um, but it was, 
it, it came out really good. We were really happy afterwards. Not not that we want to do that again, but <laughs> <laughs> but if if it need be, we can. Have you ever been to Oklahoma in uh, September, late August? <laughs> Matter of fact, I'll tell you <laughs> something. We we I did um, when I was in Odin. We played that Rocklahoma festival where the the stages got picked up by the monsoon and dropped yes. and trapped. Yeah, we played. We literally were like the last band to play on the side stage that day. Oh, wow. And we felt it coming. And it was the area, the air just got super still. And, um, I just remember us going, this doesn't feel right. You know what I'm saying? Yep. It was, and, and we're from California, man. It, <laughs> that It starts pouring rain, you know, and the, we were in, we, we all went to the VIP tent area which was massive, these massive circuits tent. Oh, and we're yeah. just seeing these poles that are the size of telephone poles going like this. Oh, yeah, man. And and we're freaking out. And I'm seeing all the people from Oklahoma, like all the, the hometown people just drinking beer and talking. <laughs> and I'm like, really? <laughs> this this looks like a problem. Well, see, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm actually from central Kansas. Well, I grew up in Kansas City, and I moved out to central Kansas. And that's where I really started my radio gig. And we were down in Rocklahoma and those tornadoes were coming one year. They always happen during Rocklahoma. I don't know why. It's like God hated May. But we're we're actually at the holiday inn and I'm standing outside smoking a cigarette and having a drink and I'm watching the tornado go a block and a half away and there's people from New York going, Why are you out? You're gonna die. I'm like, No, man, it's a block and a half away, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's it. It's kind of the same way when there's an earthquake out here. We're like, all right, when's it going to end? Okay. Yeah. And we've been and from be out scrambling. of town. It's one of the creepiest. <laughs> yeah, it's just how it is. You know, when you grow up in it, it's a different vibe. So now, speaking of Odin, is there any um, future with you and Jeff in that? I, I, you know, I don't think, I think we played our last show. I'm, I'm pretty confident. Um, Randy moved to Tennessee, um, and it, it, we've had some offers to do some things and stuff, and I, I just really don't see it happening. Okay. Um, it's me and Jeff. I've been playing with Jeff and writing music with Jeff since we were, I mean, kids. Odin, Jeff, the first little EP we did, Jeff was 14, I want to say. I was 16. And so – then we did all the DC four stuff and, and that's, you know, I mean, it was, I always looked at DC four as an extension of Odin because technically right. Odin was our band. Yeah. Well, and, uh, I was going to be a part of a, a thing for, uh, a little mini festival you can say in Arizona oh, yeah. a couple of years ago and DC four was going to be there. And I was, I was super psyched about this. Then of course, you know, it didn't happen. Right. And I'm like, ah, yeah. but you know, <laughs> maybe next time. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's rock and roll, right? Yeah, it is, man. You know, you, you cannot, you have to take everything with a grain of salt until it happens. I always say until I'm on the plane, it ain't happening, you know, <laughs> just, just so that I don't get let down. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, you know, okay, so you're doing projects with uh, your brother and Tracy and Rudy Sarzo, and you're just keeping yourself busy 
basically 24 seven just to, uh, not go insane. I'm sure. Well, yeah, that's part of it. I have to play. I mean, if I'm not playing for a while, you know, my wife knows she's, she's like, you know, you need to do something <laughs> and she go beat up your drums or something, you know, out back. So it keeps me, it keeps me sane. It's my, it's my, um, creative outlet. Right. And, and, you know, drums are physical. It's exercise. It's, you know, and, and everybody needs some sort of exercise. That's, that's mine. Yep. You know, you, you go on stage or you go in a, I go in the practice room a while and, uh, cause I practice the same way I play live. I'm, I don't just rat a tap around. You know? No. And so it's, a uh, it's very physical. So it's really nice. Uh, uh, it's, it's, it, it keeps me grounded. Okay. Just to just to really put it in perspective for me. Well, now see something I've also noticed about you. I mean, we're friends on Facebook, and uh, I noticed that you love to cook. <laughs> You're yeah. a grill master, aren't you? Yeah, I've been cooking a long time. <laughs> I mean, you know, back back to every, you know, if you can't keep busy, you have to find other ways to make money. Right. And um. For years, I did location catering for the movies. Okay. And so I, that's basically where I learned how to cook. And then uh, I ran two restaurants for um, six years. Okay. Ten years. Ten years. And uh, so I, it's always been something I like doing. And now I get to do it just for fun, which is nice. Yeah. I'm, they're sitting out in the back. I've got my two barbecues here and. So now the big question is, is it propane or is it charcoal? Well, I have a big green egg, which okay. is my charcoal. And then my uh, gas grill is hooked up to natural gas. Okay. All right. Well, so, so you're using the best of both worlds. I have best of both worlds. That's See, exactly right. And literally the best because that big green egg is, is incredible. I love that thing. Well, okay. So I used to do barbecue competition. Years, okay. Years ago. And my claim to fame is I always beat the Boy Scouts. That was, you know. <laughs> but it's very therapeutic to it is to make a recipe, to hone something down to what you'd consider a masterpiece. And trust my family has gone through some crazy stuff going, hey, this sounds really good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's try this. Hey, Jalapenos. this works, maybe this will. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I know. But that's that's part of the creative process. I mean, that's the other part about cooking that's great is that it's it's creative. It's another creative outlet. Exactly. Uh, besides music and and I've got a very busy brain, so it um again, it keeps me from from going nuts when I'm right. home. Yeah, well, <laughs> sometime if if you guys are in Dallas or something, we're going to have to get together and have uh, a little barbecue, man, cuz yeah, I'm the, all for the, it. the funny thing is, is I never went to these barbecue competitions to compete. Never did. Right. I went there to sell meat. And right. of course, you know, the old saying sex sells. I would get these old college uh, cheerleaders and say, right. we're the skimpiest thing you got. You're not touching the food. You're not touching the money. All you're doing is taking orders. Right. And man, we all know how guys are. That pretty yeah. girl talked to me. So I'm going to go back there four or five times. Yeah. Did you see that one with them? <laughs> that right? one had cantaloupes. <laughs> yeah, my God, let's she's go smuggling. Have another. 
I want another one of those ribs. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And so, so true. You know, it, it, it's yeah. just. It, We're all men. Right? You know what? If it wasn't for us men, us women wouldn't have nothing to talk about. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so That's the truth. So, okay. So the Ellie Guns thing, um, are you guys just like doing weekend shows right now? This month, that's what we're doing, but we're going out in July. Okay. Um, late, late, I think it's like, I, I the, the dates are um, kind of um, streaming in right now. Okay. But what it looks like is it looks like July, pretty much all of July. Um, and then I'm hearing rumors of uh, something going on in the fall. Okay. So, so that's that's all I know at the moment. So now I've noticed that uh, a, a lot of times whenever you guys do a show, it's with you know Faster Pussycat or somebody from the '80s, Bullet Boys, yeah. Warrant, stuff like that. Do you guys ever feel like you're being, I hate to say it, but typecast? You know, I don't, I don't know. Um, there's there's a market there for that. Oh yeah, and you know it. Uh, Guns sits. At a, at a relatively decent place within that market. Right. So you, you kind of have to look at, at, you know, where it's kind of up to the promoters wh- who they're going to put us with. I mean, that they're the ones paying, right? Right. So, I mean, I know, I know that when we did the eighties cruise, that was a lot of fun. Oh yeah. And um, the reason that was so fun was because, it was like the MTV in 1986, right? Yeah. So, you know, everybody was on that bill from Tone Loke to Living Color yeah. to, to uh, Lou Graham, you know. So it was a really eclectic Devo. We were all excited about Devo. <laughs> we got the cruise. <laughs> and we're texting each other, and everybody's writing in all caps, Devo. Yeah. And they were phenomenal. They were like, they were great, man. And um. That was a really fun one, and and that's kind of that put us in a, in a, an interesting. We were like the, we were the dark horse, right? We were the 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 guys in black. Yep. And, <laughs> and and it was a lot of fun. We had a, we all had a lot of fun on that, um, and the people were great, and the the other bands were great. It was a lot of fun. Um, I know that I saw something on the schedule where we might be playing with Stone Temple Pilots at a show. Uh, at a festival. That would um, be amazing. Yeah. And I wouldn't mind seeing us doing some shows with them or, or going out with like living color or something, but you know, it's all up to promoters management. It's yeah. And promoters. Exactly. Yeah. And the craziest thing in the world is, uh, I, I was on a committee that did a festival a few years ago and they were gung ho to get some big name bands. I said, okay, before you sign anything, let me read the contract and the writer first. <laughs> and they're like, why? I'm like, just trust me on this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, they signed two of the contracts without talking to me. And one of the bands from the 80s era got mint price and everything they asked for on their writer. I'm sitting there going, my God. They write that to make sure you're reading it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, there's that. But I was like, I was like, all right, man. Well, they're gonna have a great show. <laughs> but yeah, yeah that, that's for it was, sure. I'll, I'll tell you, out of everybody that I've 
worked with, I've, I've never really been a starstruck person. Um, right. Everybody is just cool and human beings. Tracy Guns, I met him in, I'm going to say, 88 in Kansas City at the amphitheater. I don't know what the hell they're calling it this week. Back then it was Sandstone. And he was riding a bike. I was doing security there. He's riding a bicycle <laughs> and goes by me. And I go, I smacked the guy next to me. On, I said, dude, that's Tracy Guns. He goes, who? Said, I'm done talking to you. So right. <laughs> Tracy comes back by, and I, I do the whole, you know, tell her, teach me, sensei. I'm sitting there doing this bow. And he stops. He looks at me and goes, he goes, dude, you're cool. Come on. <laughs> so I got to hang out with yep. Tracy that night. Yeah, that's him. I, I mean, I love the guy. Um, like I said, we became we became friends on that tour. Yeah. Um, that we did and and stayed in in contact in in like on social media and stuff like that through through the years. Yeah. And um, I was really pleased to see that text. Is, you know, I knew what it meant because I knew what was going on at the time. Right. Um, so, you know, it was, uh, I don't know. I always, it's funny. I always felt that I was going to be in LA guns when, after I met Tracy, there was yeah. just something happened, something. I just knew that at some point I was going to end up in this band and, um, how long, I don't know. You know, you never know what's going to happen. Like I said, right. until you get, you know, things change, things happen. It's, that's life. But I'm having a good time, and we're, and we all we're all happy right now. And the, the new album is doing great, and we've got shows lined up, and they've been doing really well. So I'm enjoying every minute of it. But yeah, Tracy's a sweetheart. I love the guy. He, he's he is a great guy. And the nice thing is, anytime you see him talking to anybody, he's always the same person. He yeah he doesn't put on a show for anybody. He he is who he is, and that's that. And, yeah. uh, I noticed that about, you know, Phil and John, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you right now, it, this band as people is the best batch as a whole that I've been involved with, um, as far as people go and, and right. they're real, you know, there's, there's, there's no bullshit. There's no, <laughs> you know, create this stuff that. I've dealt with in the past. It's not even close to that. Not even it's, it's miles from anything. Right. It's, it's, I can't explain it, but it's, it's more of a, it, everybody's, everybody's a decent human being and that's important. Well, <laughs> you know, uh, Phil has never been one to, uh, mince words. Yeah. And, uh, my show used to be called, uh, big hair Ocalypse. Okay. <laughs> And so <laughs> I was talking to uh, Phil, and I said, hey, why don't you come on and do my podcast? He goes, what's the show's name? I said, Big Hair Ocalypse. He goes, dude, you lost me at Big Hair. And that was that. <laughs> I'm like, ah. So that's why we changed the name to the All Things Metal Show. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Well, that's – and you know what? That's classic, Phil. It's, 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 I mean, like I said, there's no bullshit. It, it's, it is – it's sad when it has to be said. And, you know, and – it's, it's, it's glorious. It's like, there's, there's a definite, uh, re rebellious punk rock sort of, eh, who cares attitude, yep. you know? And it's, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> and you'll never meet another person 
like Phil Lewis ever. He, he's matter genuine of fact, and he's unique. I, I'll, I'll tell you, it was. Uh, he's also wonderful to work with. By the way, it's it's one of the. I've dealt with singers all my life, and, and he's easily the the easiest, most comforting singer to be around. That, he doesn't suffer from LSD. <laughs> no, and and which is phenomenal. And um, like I said, everybody in the band's great. You know, the, the personality-wise, it's just it, it's it clicks. So, but when I, he was the only one I didn't know, and I didn't meet him. Uh, until rehearsals and I remember I called Johnny hey so what about Phil I don't know Phil and he was like Phil's a sweetheart you'll love him don't worry about it ace same thing and I'm like well neither one of these guys would bullshit right and I'm like okay and sure you know sure as shit it was it was a wonder it was it's been a great situation like I said it's just no drama and I love it and that's a key to making a band good is keeping the drama as far as ways as you can and not having any issues within the band. Well, um, exactly. And you know what? I'll tell you something else. At this point in time in my life, um, I don't need it. Yeah. Uh, and and I'm not going to stay in something that I'm not happy in yep. or that, that things are just miserable. Or so. I don't need to, you know. Yep. And um, that's what's great about this is I'm able to go out and play music that I really like, which is even on top of everything else. I love playing these songs and and live. Uh, L.A. Guns throws down, and yep. and that's the that's the other part about it that's that's great for me. I mean, you know, I like breaking sticks and and <laughs> sweating like a pig and and getting yep. off and knowing. When I walk off the stage, knowing that I gave everything I had, and and it's nice to see, you know, four other guys doing the same thing. Right. Well, so it's 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 pretty cool. I redecorated my studio. I got tired of seeing the foam blocks because without them, it, it sounds like I'm talking into a trash can. And right. so I bought all these tapestries for my room, and one of them is an LA Guns tapestry. And so the all the walls are covered with this stuff except for one, and. My stepdaughter's helped me put this stuff up. And she goes, well, who are these guys? What do they sing? So I'm sitting there going through my computer and I'm pulling up songs. And she goes, that rip and tear, that's a scary song. <laughs> I said, no, there's one worse. <laughs> yeah. We've got plenty of scary. Yeah. You know, um, it's funny too, because I was familiar with their catalog, but not um, like... I didn't have an, a lot of audio on it. Right. You know, I was familiar with what I heard on the radio and I had heard, um, I had, I had heard a couple albums all the way through a few times, but it was amazing. I was amazed that when I got the set list, how many of the songs I had heard before. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, and that's what showed me what a strong band it was. Yeah, because it's it's kind of like, you know, I'll just I'll just just to throw a name out there, um, Steve Miller, right? You go to a Steve Miller concert and you know every friggin' song. Yep. You know every song, right? And you go, why do I know every single song this guy does? It's amazing, right? Yep. 
And and Guns is kind of the same thing. When I got that set list, I was like, I know all these. I've heard all these songs. I know, you know, I'm going through. I mean, this is wow. I've, I'm more familiar with it than I thought I was. <laughs> My dog is yeah. tacked into the room. <laughs> oh, I, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for mine to bark at, at some squirrel at any moment. So. <laughs> Microphone. Cable. Gotta love them. Yeah. <laughs> my stepdaughter does a karaoke night at a local brewery, and she borrows one of my cables and microphones, and she forgot to grab it. That's it. <laughs> yeah, it's all good. That's, it. <laughs> that's my incredible wife. She's a school teacher, and she puts up with my ass, so she's got to be a saint. <laughs> yeah, she is a saint if she's a school teacher. End of story. <laughs> oh, man. Did... I'd kill little bastards. I ain't gonna lie. I'm, I'm telling. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's, I don't have the patience for that. I, there's no way. I mean, I raised two stepchildren and my son. So yeah. I mean, I had patience for them, but you know, the whole group of yelling kids and stuff. You know, I'm just cranky old sod at this point. I don't, I don't think I get to it. <laughs> she comes home and tells me some stories, and and I'm sitting there going. How do you not just pull out a taser and hit him in the face with the damn thing? You know? Yeah, right. I know. I know. I, I like I said, they're saints. You know, teach totally. We're in Texas. You can have a taser. <laughs> Use it. <laughs> That's so funny. But, no, we're. Uh... Oh, okay. So, <laughs> lost my train of thought there for a second. Yeah, it's all right. Um, Sam Colton, he's been doing some stuff with you guys. Yeah, he well, he's a dear friend. Um, Great talented. guy. Yeah, again, another person I've known for years because there are these jams out here called Soundcheck Live and uh, the Ultimate Jam Night. And I, I, I did a lot of those for a long time. And Sam, when he was still in, in – I think he was at MIT, I want to say. I could be wrong. But uh, um, he was he was in school, and he was playing with us, and everybody became friends over time. And you know, it was obvious that he had a lot of talent. Yeah. And um, I always loved playing with him. And I remember one time we were doing a a charity event out here, and me and him just started talking about Alice in Chains, and and because uh, I love them, and um, you know, it, it, he's 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 you know the next generation. Yeah, you know, I think he's twenty-seven. I want to say, twenty-eight, yeah, yeah. somewhere in twenty, somewhere in there. And um, he, what happened was, him and Ace were really close friends. That's okay. how he got the fast pussycat kick. So, uh, Ace was having some serious issues flying out here when we were going to do our Vegas shows, and Sam was the fireman, and. Me and Johnny, we were like, yeah, Sam could do it. We knew, we already knew he could do it, and so did Ace. And he ended up going to Vegas with us and doing two shows. It was a two-night engagement at Vant. And he pulled them both off. Yeah. You know? And literally without a rehearsal. You know, we just had sound check, and that was it. Wow. Uh, yeah. It, it, wow is right. <laughs> you know, two full headlining sets. Mm. And, and, you know, set – uh, the second night had a couple of different songs in the first night. Yeah. So, and then it turned there. Now he's um, came up on stage a couple of times with us since then, because right. now he's family. Yeah. Well, and, and <laughs> yeah. the cool thing, have you heard the stuff he's done with Dorothy? 
Yes. It's, it's, it's mind-blowing. I'm sitting there going, this yeah. new generation that's coming into this is carrying the torch just as well. Yeah. So, yeah. I love it. I love well, he's a, he's a real rock and roller, too. It's like that. that's the other part about it, you know, is L.A. Guns, we, we do what we all grew up doing, which right. was you go on stage, you plug in your app, and you go. There's no, we're not, there's no backing tracks. There's no, you know, fill in stuff. And, and I mean, I understand why some bands do that, but we're, we're a dirty rock band. Oh yeah. And, and we're, and happy to be so, you know what I'm saying? Anytime you guys do a song (laughs) from cocked and loaded, I get chills. I'm going, I remember when this came out, you know, (laughs) this is badass. Let's go. So yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's the mentality. Yeah. And a lot of people who won't know what a, a, let's say a dirty band is a dirty band is you go up there raw. You go up there, just guitar amp plug in. There might be a couple foot pedals. That's it. The drums, there's nothing special. There's not electric drums. So you can change the pitch. It's all done now. Yeah. A lot, a lot. <laughs> there's, there's some of these bands out there now that can't do that. Oh, absolutely. Okay. And, 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 you we know, call it's them halftime shows. And, you know, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, it, when I was, when I was a kid, I remember there was this big drama that happened because ELO got caught using tracks. Yeah. Live. And that was like the end of their career. It was like a, it was like, Oh my God, it was, you know, blasphemy. It was, it was a, it was all over. Yep. And, um, and and now it's so acceptable that it's almost turning into a pantomime on stage, and I just I just can't I, it just doesn't sit well with me from from uh you know from an old school rock and roller. It's, uh, well, it's not, okay. I don't want I don't want to see it. So in ELO, you're going to have to have backtracks. You're going to have that the way they do everything. You have to Pink right. Floyd. You would have to. Millie Vanilli? No. <laughs> when that whole thing exploded, yeah. that was, I, I'm sitting there going, I knew it. Cause you could tell in the videos that they didn't know what they were saying. Yeah. So, just, I mean, that's the, it, you know, where it's the future. Is it the future? I don't know. I think it was Freddie Mercury that once said something about computers taking the heart out of music uh, in the future. And I think he was right. And I think there was a period of time up until fairly recently where producers were moving the drums to be exactly on the beat. Yeah. And it got mechanical. The rock and roll is, is supposed to ebb and flow. You know, there it, it's, it's sexual. Okay. And ex- exactly on the it, it beat is, is great for disco. It's great for, you know, certain new wave musics and, and whatnot, but it's not rock and roll and rock and roll has to have a swing in it. And it has to have a, I've seen some of those videos on YouTube where they'll, they'll take Alex Van Halen's drum parts and put them to the grid. And this, it just completely and totally changes the feel of the song. Yeah. And that's what they were doing for this period of time. When, when people, when it really seemed like rock was dead, it's like, no, what's going on here is they're over perfecting it. And, yeah. and rock and roll sh- should never be perfect. I mean, there's, there's, 
you could listen to, I think it's Houses of the Holy, you could hear the airplane fly over, you could hear John Bonham's foot pedal squeak, you know? That's rock and roll. Well, (laughs) there there was a band that I I, uh, was able to meet up with uh, when I was doing radio in, in central Kansas, and they were using one of the Kemper modelers. Yeah, and he goes, "Oh man, he's it's like fresh tubes every night." I was like, "No, it's it's a digital process." I said, "I said that's." I said, "Would you use that in the studio?" Well, no. Then why are you using it here? And, <laughs> and he's like, "He's like, he right? goes, oh, I get your point." He goes, "But this is easier for me to get around." I said, "Really? You move your own equipment?" He goes, "Well, no." I said, "Then what's the point, man?" I said, get those marshals out. Let's let's make and it was a southern rock band. I said, let's make some damn noise and drink some Jack Daniels, man. He goes, Yeah, he goes, yeah. he goes I, I hear you. <laughs> he called me about five months later and he goes, I got my marshals on tour with me. <laughs> it happens, you know. We we all try, you know, we try things and it's funny how often okay, I was trying for a while I was trying the the unbreakable drumsticks. Uh, yeah. And um, you're like challenge I'm accepted. Playing, <laughs> I'm playing wood drumsticks again. You yeah. know, it, it's just you try it. You, you you like, all right, I'll try it. Let's see how this works. And you might like it for a little while, and then after a while, it either you either stay with it because yep. it worked, or you go back to what you know. Yep. And exactly, I get it. Well, it, I get it, it. it's like you know, I'm a guitar player, and. I've had brand new guitars that have recently came out. They're okay. I always go back to my 1982 uh, four maker. That's a 21 fret. It's just very rudiment. Just it's a guitar, but it sounds yeah. the best. Uh, right. I, I've played brand new Les Pauls, uh, the new uh, Black Beauties, and I'm like, it doesn't have the feel that the 77 has. So. Right. Yeah, it doesn't have the tone. It doesn't have the weight. Doesn't have something about, you know. I get well. I know from living with my brother for so long. You know the the thing, the things that guitar players look for in guitars yep. and like about them. I know, like his favorite for years. He had when we, he was learning. It was a '67 SG, and then he had a black um, Les Paul that he used for years and he never really knew what it was. He just, he thought it was a 56 reissue. Turns out it was a 56. <laughs> nice. And, and so it's like, Oh, I wonder it sounded so freaking good. Right. <laughs> and, um, but there's, there's something about that one that, that fits with you that, that you just, you just can't, you know, it's, it's, you're married to it to a certain, in a certain way. Yeah. And, and you, you but you, that doesn't mean you're not going to buy anymore. Right. It just means, it just means that that's your favorite one. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I used to do a band camp for kids that would in, in no other way be able to do anything like that. So it was very, um, low income families that would, their kids would be involved with this. I'd right. go out and I'd buy, you know, Marshall tube practice amps or, you know, the combos and I'd buy jacks and guitars and Epiphones and I would give the stuff to the kids. Uh, I had this one kid who I would listen to him play the drums. I'm like, I was like, what kind of drums do you want? He goes, he goes, well, I really would like Pearl. I said, can you tell me why? 
He goes, no, he goes, I've never played on Pearl, but I, I see rock stars. I said, you want a Thomas set. He goes, why? I said, because the way you play, you need that sound. And he's right. like, oh. And so I bought him a Thomas set, and he was happy as a lark. Another kid I bought a Pearl set for. It, it right. all depends on the kid and what they're doing. I had one kid who was very much a blues player. I bought him a Strat. Here, this is, this is the guitar you need to use. This is the sound right. you want to achieve. And now he's a session player in uh, New Orleans. So I'm awesome. Like, there you go, man. And kid had never picked up a guitar before he met me. So I'm like, all right. Uh, so, that, that, so that's, that's your, that's your cheers, right? Right. I'm sitting there going, you better <laughs> remember me, punk. <laughs> <laughs> and that million comes in, eh? Right. Hi. But, you know, <laughs> I, I, I know what it's like for a drummer to look for that perfect sound. Alex Van Halen would not sound the way he sounded on a Tama Pearl kit, even a sonar kit. Ludwig, that's his sound. Uh, yeah. I've seen Striper lately, and since he switched to Yamaha, it doesn't have that same sound. Right. Uh, Tommy Aldridge on anything other than Yamaha wouldn't sound right. It's, it all goes into that musician. Because mm -hmm. whatever that musician plays is if they become one. Yeah, there's a reason they that they pick that and and it's part of their sound. I mean I I go back and forth on drums. I have I've played many different ones and I've had this uh set of pearls that I have for probably 11 12 years. Um I also have a set of 69 Ludwigs with a 26 inch kick here Oof. that I'm, I'm like on the fence of taking it into pro drum shop and having it completely, you know, re rewrapped and redone yeah. so that I can actually use it more. Um, cause I'd like to take it out cause it sounds so good. Right. So, you know, it, I go back and forth right now. I'm using a Pearl Stavecraft snare drum. That's friggin' cannon and I love it. And, you know, I have my favorite, you know, black beauty and I have my, yep. <laughs> we have our arsenals as is put it that way. Yep. So I, I, I love, um, drums in general, but they all do have a certain, um, voice and, Absolutely. um, and it, from shell depth to, thickness of the shell, all these different things. Yeah. That come to into to the wood that was used to. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And to the heads you put on them too. I mean, that makes all the, the heads are important. Uh, and depending on how you play, <laughs> how you make them scream. And I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's all things. And when you find the one, Ooh, I like the way this sounds. That's, that's really your, your vibe. It picks it up. And we, you know, you back in the eighties, I was, the, I was that guy. I had, two 20 space road cases that was just full of crap. I mean, right. all the different effects and all that stuff. All I ever used was my Soldano preamp, my Marshall preamp and the Marshall amps. And every now and then I let the course play a little bit. And I had all this stuff and everybody's like, well, why do you have all this? I'm like, in case I need it. They're like, yeah, yeah. You ever need it? No, but I got it. <laughs> I got it because it, and because I wanted it at the time. I, my wife just the other day, she's like, Sean, you really don't need to buy any more stuff. That's negativity. <laughs> and I, uh, I just laughed 
And she goes, I know that you're going to. Huh? I said, well, I don't have anything on the list right now. <laughs> My wife is very happy that I, I said, I said, I'm not going to buy any more, you know, stuff for the studio or nothing like that. She was, Oh really? I was like, yeah. And I'm going to start getting back into model railroading. And, oh. <laughs> and she didn't realize that I'm sitting there. I, I used to own a model railroad company that did custom painting for stuff. And okay. so I started building all this stuff and she starts seeing, she goes, what did you buy on eBay? That was $480. Oh, it's money. <laughs> Wait a minute. What? <laughs> Go back into the yeah. music thing. <laughs> yeah, well, I, re I remember one time my mom was talking about my dad and, and she had said, well, I just, I just thank God every day that he never decided that he wanted to raise elephants. <laughs> and that kind of says it all, right? It does. You know, you get involved in something and you, you just kind of go and, and, and uh, that's how it's, that's how it is. And with musical instruments, it's really easy to just, I mean, I'm, you can go I'm boxed, fast. Oh, you can. And there's so much and there's, and, and it, it's good. It's good stuff. And, but like I said, I, I see my brother do it all the time with guitars. And then yeah. all of a sudden he's like, Oh, I sold that one, but I bought this one now. I'm going to, okay. Well, <laughs> he's got, you know, he's got his 15 or whatever it is. And, that's crazy. Well, see, there was years ago I had a uh, Eventide harmonizer, all because another guitarist used it. And I'm saying I go through all the presets, and I found one that I liked. That one that I liked, <laughs> I could get off of this other, and not. So I sold it, and everybody's like, "Man, yeah. why'd you sell that?" I'm like, "Cause it only did one thing that I liked. The rest of it was just trash." Right. People. Yeah, that's it. that's that's it. It's like you know. Um, I, I, uh, I use brilliant symbols, but I only have, I have my live set and, you know, they don't last long enough for me to worry about having to polish. Let's just put it that way. You know, I break them, um, other than the ride symbol, all my crashes and the hats are going to break. I don't care who makes them right now. I've been using Sabian and they're, they're actually held up really well and they sound phenomenal. I've been using them for maybe two a little over two years, I think. Um, and they, they're, they're great. Um, yeah. they're warm. They're, they're, they, they're just, I, I, I can't see enough about them. So they've held up really well, but I know I'm going to break it. And, and I broke, well, when we were out on the road, I broke two of my three crashes and I had spares with me, but you know, Got to break I knew somehow. it was going to happen. <laughs> I knew it was going to happen. Um, I'm used to it. Yeah. <laughs> you're not sitting back with the drill, trying to drill the hole to keep it from cracking even nah, farther. man. <laughs> oh, no, yeah, but I'm spoiled in my, in my ear and I can, I can hear when it's going to go before it goes. Really? I can tell. Yeah. I can tell when my, that symbol starting to get, um, it, it'll lose, it loses something when I hit it. Yeah. And then I'm like, that symbol's going to crack and sure as shit within a day or two, it'll appear. Yeah. And, um, the minute it does, it, that's gone. Um, it's just, I, I, it's just, I'm spoiled. I've spoiled myself not to deal with that, you know. Well, you and uh, I'll buy. I don't care. I'll buy a new one. It's just how yeah. it is. <laughs> <laughs> hint, hint, Sabian. We need more symbols. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. No, Sabian's a great you know, company. Uh, they are. They're phenomenal. I used them uh, for four years with my band camp. 
and they were oh, yeah. gracious every year and sent us symbols and banners and stuff and stickers and they they are a great company. They're a great company, and I, I I'm deeply honored that that they've helped me to the point where I am right now with with uh, buying suits, and, right. and I couldn't be more grateful. So okay, so besides Rocklahoma, yeah, is there anything on the horizon for Dallas? I haven't seen Texas yet um, that I'm aware of. I, I really don't doubt it. At some point, yeah. Texas will be on the map. Um, I, I have a feeling that that might be towards the fall. I think that might be the fall leg. Is It's possible. Uh, but I really don't yeah. know. Um, okay, so I'll edit this out because I can't really talk about it and let everybody know. Uh, we're planning in mid-October hopefully uh-huh. to do a all things metal show birthday party. And we're going to talk to the management, your management and see if we can get Ellie guns, faster pussycat Vixen, and a couple other, the eighties bands. Oh, to, fun to come in for a birthday party. Yeah. So, be rad. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, um, yeah. We're our agents, Jim Lentz over at, um, uh, uh, TKO. Okay. So, but that'd be fun. Oh yeah, man. I, I, we've, we've been, we've been stewing around about this for a while. And, uh, a good friend of mine who works at one of the clubs in Fort Worth is really good friends with Tracy. And so Mm -hmm. we're kind of like filling things out and and all that. So we're, we're in negotiations right now to see how much money we can raise to do this. Cause it's not going to be a cheap night for us. No, that's not, no, it's not. It's not, but It'll be fun. It'll be damn fun. <laughs> and I can say it ain't going to be my money. <laughs> Even better. Well, see, I've, I've got one major sponsor. Well, I got three sponsors for the radio show. One of them is Colossal Cables. They're out mm-hmm. of Austin. The most high-end cables I've ever used in my life. I never really thought there was a difference in an XLR cable in my life. Right. He sent me these, and they're absolutely phenomenal. I met him at the same show I met Jeff at, uh, the Dallas International okay. Guitar Show. Oh, yeah. And uh, so I got a, a, a deal with him, and, and he's been great to me. He makes me custom guitar amp chords. Uh, oh, for, cool. Like the head to the speaker cabinet. I, I can go, literally, I can go from my guitar to my pedal board, from my pedal board to the amp, the amp to the cabinet, and use all colossal. And he custom makes this stuff for me. He goes, Hey, this is a prototype. Try this. I'm like, hey. yeah. <laughs> so, he loves what he does, brother. That's what that is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, well, man, I'm not going to burn up your whole night. So, right on. I appreciate you stopping by and talking with us, Sean. Thank you for giving us the heads up on things that are going on in your life, man. We truly appreciate LA Guns and you and everything you do to make the rock and roll world go round. Right on, brother. Well, thanks for having me. It's 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 fun to do these things. Awesome, man. Hold on one second, and I'm gonna get this thing shut down. Gotcha. Let's see.